Another episode of Mr. Mysteries in Black and White with your two hosts, me, Ed, and my main man, Josh. Hopefully this week, <laughs> you'll actually see our mugs. Yep. Because last week we we recorded it all, we were fucking pleased with it, but for some reason, it didn't yeah. actually record us. After so. all that time, stressing about it, oh, trying no. to get it sorted, and oh, then we've mate. like, finally we've fucking done it, and the laptop's just like... Nah, yeah. nah, just shit itself <laughs> pretty much. So, yeah, hopefully you can actually see us. What you say? Uh, well, go on. <laughs> um, as we, this is our second episode of season two. I advise if you haven't seen season one to actually go back and listen to them. Absolutely. They're like the, how would you say? They're like the, the, the most well-known yeah. things yeah. of uh, both of our uh, topics. Sort of topics. Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, in this season, we are talking all about Great Britain, yep. where me and Josh are from. And this week, we are talking about uh, a ser- well, two serial killers. One is more well known than the other. I'd yeah, say. yeah, definitely. And they're responsible for the famous Moore murders. So that's Ian Brady and Myra Hindley. Yep. I say, looking at her, Myra Hindley's more recognisable. Yeah. She had like that witchy fucking yeah. look to her, didn't she? But very um, Cruella de Vil esque sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. But um Ian Brady, I'd say is more well known. But yeah. um the first one so I've had I have had my haircut this week. Hey. And uh my lovely wife kindly braided my hair, so now I only go by the name Ragnar. Look <laughs> at that boy. Get up there, be chavy. So, yeah, I'm just waiting uh, for a Valkyrie to come down and say my, <laughs> my seat in Valhalla is secured. secured. But, um, Josh, mm-hmm. how you been this week, mate? Not too bad, mate. Yourself? I've had a mad week. Yeah. Oh, well, from what you put in that yeah. fucking voice chat. Yeah, 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 yeah. What the fuck was that about? Honestly, right, here's the story. You couldn't fucking, you couldn't write it. Just left off work. I'll take three blokes home. Yeah. I'm driving going along and a mate of ours was driving in front go along uh and all of a sudden where like the road where this like walk path like crosses road right i ain't kidding you i swear this on my mother's ashes <laughs> a man he must have been in his 50s maybe 60s yeah got an old boy ran across a road stark bollock <laughs> naked <laughs> <laughs> It sounds mad even, like, saying it now. Yeah. All he had on was a pair of boots, a pair of gloves, a black baseball cap, and a, I think he had a pair of glasses on, and ran across the road. What the fuck? And our mate in front, like, <laughs> we were just, you know, like, not, sh- not sh- yelling abuse at him, but we was like, get, get your old boy out. <laughs> and shit like that. Like, and our mate, like, I don't recommend this, but our mate who was driving, he rung, um, one of the other lads I was like 
Did you see that man? He's, he's <laughs> naked, weren't he? And we were like, well, you you got a fucking good cl- good eyeful, so you tell us. And he was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure he was Fuck fucking naked. In hell. So we we all we was like, you'd have loved it, Josh. We was coming up with all conspiracy theories. <laughs> like, like either like he's some mad naturist. <laughs> he's been in a drug deal that's gone wrong, <laughs> and like they beat him up and like took his clothes <laughs> off him. And he's had to run home. Um. A bet <laughs> or a dare or something that he's he doing it. Or, like, honestly, we, all the way home, we was like, what the fuck? As if. Yeah, no, honestly, that was fucking <laughs> mental. <laughs> thing is, but you, you ain't going to believe me, but I promise you that fucking hat. I swear <laughs> on my mother's attic. <laughs> that is the maddest thing I've ever oh, seen in my for life. for fuck's sake. But yeah, apart from that, yeah, a bit of work. But all right. Um,. Me and Courtney finished watching Dharma. Mm. Very, very good. Yeah. I do highly recommend it. Like, it showed, like, a lot of people, ever since that come out, has asked, I don't know if they've asked you, but they've asked me, like, you should do a, a podcast on Dharma. Right. And I was like, yeah, we would have, but this is all about Great Britain. Yeah. We, we've hyped it up just being about Great Britain for so much. Well, we can't just then flip over back over stateside and be no. like, look what we got. Yeah, yeah, but we've. <laughs> We will eventually do one on Jeffrey Dahmer because oh, yeah. I knew of him. I knew what he'd done. knew he was known as the Milwaukee Monster or Milwaukee Cannibal and stuff like that. But after watching that, it shows really how fucked he was. Mm. Like, in like mentally, like, like deranged yeah. in a yeah. way. So it, it was very interesting. Evan Peters, he was Quicksilver yeah. in the new X-Men. Um he played a very good role as Dharma. Yeah. He played an incredible role. I think it nearly, like, fucked him up playing that. Oh, mad. It would. Anyway, no, it was very, very convincing. Very, Fair play. Very Fair fucking convincing. play. No, it was, it was really, really good, so... But the only thing I didn't like about it... I wouldn't say ro- they dramatised it, but they romanticised him a bit. Oh, really? Sort of like what they did with the Bundy film? Kind of, where, like... you felt kind of sorry for him oh right yeah like even even courtney was getting a bit like that and i said courtney you've got to remember (laughs) he's a fucking serial killer he's a serial killer he killed 17 men that's what i mean and he ate some of them that's what i mean you're like fuck what the fuck you can't you can't feel sorry for a psycho like that honestly well no so but um but no like it it was that's the only little nitpick i've got for it yeah but at the same time, like, because it showed like um, how his father felt bad, like, well, not felt bad, but like, was fucking him up, really. Mm. And you felt sorry for the dad, because yeah. in a way, it's not his fault. Well, a no, of course, pe- it a lot ain't. of people did blame him because he got him into taxidermy and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, but you can't, you can't ever get into that. that thinking your kid's gonna become a fucking killer. No, exactly. So I, I don't personally blame the dad. No, I think some people are just born like, mm-hmm. which I think we'll go into in this episode. Yeah. But um, but yeah, I've yeah I've had a quite a decent week. Usually, I ain't done a thing. I didn't say yeah, not too bad. Not too oh, bad. it's the first time I actually had something <laughs> to say. So yeah, it's been a mad week. <laughs> mad week. So yeah. But um, to our overseas listeners, mm-hmm. should we say like these are quite well known in yeah. the UK, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, they're the, they're the UK's most notorious serial killers. Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 big time. So um. Josh. Yeah, boy. Tell us about Mr. Ian Brady and Myra Hedlund. Right. Well... Miss Homer, Myra Hedlund. <laughs> right. Just give you a little bit of a 
pre-introduction, I'll say. So at 6 o'clock a.m. on October 7th, 1965, a terrified couple armed with a hammer and a screwdriver for protection rush over to a public telephone to tell the police that they have just witnessed the murder of a teenage boy with an axe near a Manchester estate. Because of this phone call, what unfolded was to shock the nation and unveil a series of murders which would become the most notorious in British criminal history. Right. Now, these murders took place in Manchester between 1963 and 1965. Now, the murders were nicknamed the Moors murders, as you mentioned, due to the fact that the majority of them took place on the Moors, on the um, Saddleworth Moors. Oh, so they actually got... The crimes were committed. Yeah, the majority of them, yeah, were committed on the Saddleworth Moors. Right. Now, these were carried out by two of the most famous names in British history, as we've mentioned before, and as you can tell by the title, Ian Brady and Myra Hindley. Mm. Now, Myra Hindley, since then, has actually been labelled the most evil woman in Britain. Yeah. So, I'll go... What I'll do, like, normally I um, tell you about the story, like what they committed and then go through the backstory. I'm going to do it a bit different this time. I'll, okay. I'll mention, excuse me, I'll mention the backstory, how they met each other, and then basically follow it along day by day. Right, go in chronological order. Yeah, exactly. So, Myra Hindley was born in Manchester on July 23rd, 1942. Manchester, into Manchester. Manchester. <laughs> right, so she was born during World War Two. Yeah. Oh, fucking hell. And she was born into an average working class family. They weren't poor, but they weren't exactly rich. And that's pretty much her story throughout her whole life. So kind of like average Joe. Yeah, she weren't exactly flamboyant or anything, but she weren't exactly scraping for comeuppance either. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, her father Bob was in the army fighting in the Second World War, whilst Myra was a toddler, Mm. to which she returned when she was about four or five, and due to this, she was basically, for her early ages, raised by her mum and her grandmum. So after the war, obviously, things started settling down and all that sort of shit. Their mum and dad decided to have a second kid called Maury. Myra Maury. Myra Maury. Now, due to the war, Bob, as most men back then, yeah. returned a completely different human. Yeah. Like, apparently, he was loving, he was doting and everything before he left. He was just... Polar opposite, yeah. yeah. He started drinking heavily, started becoming abusive to his mother. But... His mother? Uh, her mother. <laughs> yeah, Myra, her mother. Myra's, Myra's mum. And, um... But she would actually fight back against him. Oh, so yeah. they were actually quite an aggressive couple. Yeah. Because she was one, like, typical... Mank. Yeah, back <laughs> then. Don't take no shit off no yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, obviously... Due to this, Myra and her sister grew up in a house of violence, constantly, all the time. And it got so bad that Myra actually would take her baby sister, and bearing in mind, she must have only been about six to seven months old at the time, to her grandmother's so they didn't have to see it. Right. Now, eventually, due to the violence escalating, Myra and Maureen were actually adopted by their grandmother. Fair. So, the family actually come up with a sort of plan about it. So... Mm. They would the girls would sleep at the grandmother's, but they would go to their mum and dad's for like meals and everything. Oh, so basically, right, yeah. just as the evening started to come in, they'd go back to the grandmother's so they couldn't see all this shit kicking off. Right? Could the uh, mum and dad just got a divorce? I mean, they could have, they could have, yeah. but I don't know whether it was a case of she knew it was because of the war that's done it. That what yeah. that's not the real him, and she still loves him. I I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. 
And I think it was a bit taboo back then, weren't it? Yeah, exactly. Well, obviously, because of this whole upbringing, this obviously led Myra to growing up having a hard shell. Like, she wouldn't take shit off anyone. She would constantly get in scraps and, like, and arguments in the playgrounds and shit like that. Now, she did actually have a lot of friends at school, mm. and they pretty much everyone in the school respected her because they knew not to fuck with her. Yeah. Because she was just a hard nut, basically. Right, right, right. But this actually stemmed from this uh, lad that was picking on her once and sent Myra home crying. Oh. Now, her dad, obviously, back then, obviously, it's a case of you got to toughen up sort of shit. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So her dad actually taught her some boxing moves to defend herself. And this boy once again tried picking on her and she basically battered the living shit out of the Knocked guy. Him out. Yeah. And oh, wow. apparently, according to her, what she said uh, since she's been in prison, mm. this was the proudest she'd ever seen her dad be of her. Right, yeah. yeah. Now, you got to also think... A kid's growing up, especially in them times, you've done something and you're seeing your dad proud of you, that's going to make you want to do it more. Yeah, of course it is. So, obviously, this started... So, in her mind, because she's still technically a child, she's looking at violence as a good thing. Because she's like, well, if I do this, my dad's going to think I'm more proud of me. And Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. why she got this whole reputation of Conan, basically. Yeah, Don't yeah, fuck yeah. with me. Hooligan. Yeah, pretty much. Well, when she was a teenager, she would actually get... This one I found out was so weird when you think back of what they'd done. Mm. They actually, uh, she actually got a job as a babysitter, and she apparently was an unbelievable babysitter as well. <laughs> she'd feed them, she'd, do you know what I mean? Do everything for them. Mm, so no, when you yeah. think later down the life, imagine like you're one of these people who she's, whose kid uh, she's babysitting, mm. and then you grow up thinking that's the girl that used to babysit my kid, and then you see the shit they've done. Yeah, you'd think yeah, yeah. fucking hell. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a bit mad. Yeah. It? Now, when Myra um, was 14, she noticed this little boy getting bullied and she felt sorry for him. Mm. So she went and defended him, even though she'd never spoke a word to him. She didn't have a fucking clue who he was. Well, a few days later, the same thing happened again. And this happened a few more times until Myra and this boy actually had a conversation and eventually down the line became really, really good friends. Yeah. Now, further down the line, um, this boy asked Myra if she wanted to go down to the reservoir, but Myra said no because she had other plans. Later on that day, Myra heard a group of kids talking about an accident down the reservoir and she panicked thinking something bad had happened to her friend. So she rushed down there, but it was covered with police, firemen, you know what I mean, the works. Mm. And she saw the police pulling her best friend's body out of the reservoir. Oh, fucking hell. So yeah, this, that, that'd fuck you up, yeah, it? yeah, it broke her, absolutely yeah. broke her. Well, as it was common back then, a little bit down the line in her life, she decided to leave school and get a job early. Mm. Um, and she began to change her appearance because she was actually a brunette, oh, and she right. weren't actually exactly the best looking girl on the planet. I'll put it that no. way. But when so she dyed her hair bleach blonde, she started wearing heavy, thick set makeup, the works, and this sparked a turn in interest in men. Because obviously you think she's gone from a nobody to fucking who is that yeah, sort of not, thing. Yeah, head turner. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Myra was actually going to marry this man called Ronnie. And they was engaged and going to have kids and everything. Like it was, again, typical back then. It was leave school, get a job, nine times out of ten in the factory. Find a bloke, marry him, have kids, become a housewife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she didn't really want 
this life. No. She just wasn't interested in it in the slightest. Too busy bare knuckle boxing. Yeah, by the sounds of it. <laughs> just, just before it was too late, I think it was like a few months before they were going to get married, mm. she met a stranger from work called Ian Brady. Ah. So this is where, obviously, it starts going a bit shit. Is but this is weird as anything, right? Mm. When she first saw him, according to her, it was actually love at first sight. Yeah, yeah. She was adored. She adored him, obsessed with him, basically. He couldn't give two shits about her. He really couldn't bat an eyelid. It was the case where she'd be like, "Oh, you're right, Ian." And he'd be like, "You're yeah, right," <laughs> and that's it. That's the only word she'd ever get out of him. <laughs> but just before I go on to that, I'll tell you a bit of Ian Brady's backstory. So Ian Brady was born on January second, nineteen thirty-eight, in Glasgow, Scotland. And he was raised by his mum, but never had a father figure. Right. And his mum always was constantly struggling to raise him financially. So she wanted to see him still, but couldn't look after him. So I can't believe what he was like back then. She actually put a sign up in a shop window for anyone that wanted to unofficially adopt him. You always see... Long-term babysitter. Yeah. You yeah. always see, like, missing cats or, like you said, babysitter job or help wanted. Yeah, yeah. Do you want a kid? Yeah. Just imagine just walking past the shop nowadays and seeing that. Oh. You're like, what the fuck? Maybe snapped up by a 70s entertainer. Oh, fucking too right. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> well, a family called the Sloan family decided to adopt him. Now, because this happened when he was... Because this happened when he was still a baby... It was really the only life he ever knew. But as growing up, he always did feel like an outsider. Mm. Now, his mum would come and see him and bring him presents and all that, but she never told him that it was her mum. His mum, sorry. Oh, right. So it's a bit like um, Ted Bundy. Yeah, in a roundabout sort of way. Yeah. But I think this was obviously because they're thinking, don't want to cause unnecessary stress on the kid. Mm, no. Well, later on, his mum ended up marrying a man and they moved to Manchester. Manchester. Now, when this happened, Brady started becoming a little shit. Yeah. Because this is when he found out that that was his mum. Oh, right. And when I say a little shit, I mean just on another level. You know, stealing, fighting, and he even started bringing out, like, a pocket knife with him. I weren't really unheard of then. Nah, not really. Now, at this point is when he started becoming very, very obsessed with the Nazis. Because you've got to think, this is obviously just after World War Two, So, he's reading all sorts of Nazi literature, the books, anything he can get his hands on to do with them. Mein he's Kampf. just obsessed with them, pretty much, yeah. yeah. And he would go around, and obviously because it had only just happened, yeah. it weren't as common knowledge as it is nowadays. You just knew the Germans were invaded. You didn't know about... Like, kids, I mean. Mm. You didn't know about the Nazi party or anything like that. No, no, no. And then especially because the parents have lived through it, they're not exactly going to tell their kids about it after it's literally just happened. No. No, they're so, cooling off periods. Yeah, exactly. But he went into school telling all the kids about it. So, oh, you ever heard of the Nazis? It's like, they're the ones that we just fought in World War Two, and th- this is what they've done. And he went into, like, vivid detail of what they actually were capable of and what they'd done, right. etc. yeah, yeah. Now this, I tried to find out if it's true or not. According to Brady, this is true, but you know what I mean. Mm. Well, a few years later, apparently, Brady and his friends were playing, like, just around. And Brady had actually singled out, which he always used to do. He used to sell out there was a group of five. He'd pick one of them five every time they hung out, and the other four would just basically pick on him. And it'd be a different person every time. 
Well, this one's he picked a lad out. The other lad started picking on him. Brady ordered them to tie up the lad to a pole and put newspaper um, and wrap it around his body. Brady then got out a match and set the paper alight and was going to burn this kid alive. <laughs> Fucking hell. Thankfully, the other lad sort of switched on back to reality. It was like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> yeah, and yeah. pulled the paper off him and untied him before it got to that stage. Yeah, like, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, yeah. Wait, wait, you got it. That's a bit far. But Brady far. was fucking fuming about this apparently he was livid yeah. that they got him rid of him was like, what well, the fuck are you doing you silly cunts fair enough you just uh, want a nice afternoon burning a f- burning <laughs> some king that's what i mean you know, what it. the fuck you bastards <laughs> now actually oh no sorry i misquoted right brady didn't come out and say this brady actually denies this oh right and the thing is why i say take this with a pinch of salt is because if you know anything about ian brady he denied everything well no that's the thing he never did. Uh, he never, ever did deny anything. So whether it's true or not, if he's coming out, like when it comes to the murders and that, when he was caught out, he's like, yeah, I did it. Yeah, I did it. Yeah, I did it. Oh, I'm, I'm thinking of someone else. Then. And then the fact he's gone with this, nah, that's bollocks. It's a case of mm, did it or didn't it. Yeah, sort yeah, of thing. yeah. Now, growing up, Brady was a massive lover of animals. And whilst he was growing up, he actually had a dog called Sheila. And they got this dog when uh, Brady was a baby and the dog was a puppy. So they yeah, basically yeah. grew up together. Yeah, yeah. Now, obviously, eventually this dog did die. But it died whilst he was at school. And it was his first experience with death. So he didn't know what to do or how to react. Apparently, he come in the door looking around for his um, dog and that. He knew by his mum's face what had happened but mm. he didn't have a clue what to, how to deal with it so he apparently went on a really really long walk just to try and clear his head during this walk he came to the realisation that death is inevitable mm. so what what matters really yeah 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 he then suddenly this is his words he suddenly felt this awe feeling like as he described it it felt like he was having a stroke just overwhelming feeling mm. and he leant on a wall to try and sober up and when he looked up, he apparently saw what he described as the face of death. And according to him, it was a green and black figure stood in front of him. And Brady, even though it didn't really have a face, Brady just knew that was apparently the face of death. Right. Now, time went on. And once uh, once again at school, Brady was told that a boy had grasped on him for stealing. Which, again, ultimately pissed this guy off. Mm. He was going to find the boy and beat the shit out of him. And he apparently approached him, and this boy locked eyes with uh, with Brady, and he said he has never seen fear like that in someone's eyes. And he loved the fact that he could project that feeling onto people. Yeah, yeah, So he's already starting to become a bit of a narcissist. Mm. Now, during his teens, he continued to steal in, and the police warned him multiple times, but it never worked. So as a um, last-ditch attempt... They took him to court and was, he was given an option. He could either go to Manchester to live with his mum or he can go to prison. Mm. Obviously, he's choosing to live with Manchester with his mum. He settled in really, really well and got and actually um, got on really well with his stepdad. Mm. And that's whose surname he took, Brady. Oh, right. What was his surname? Oh, I'm not a fucking clue. Not a clue. Now, by the time he was 19 is when he met Myra Hindley. Now, as I said, Myra had a massive obsession with Brady. 
and all that sort of shit. She would constantly talk about him and even got a diary specifically just writing stuff about him. Even if it was the simplest thing like, oh, he looked at me at this point today. Oh, like a proper like, cheesy yeah, fucking... Yeah, she was honestly obsessed with this guy. Mate, <laughs> it's like a cross between Mean Girls and Halloween. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> now, for the next like few weeks and months, Myra done anything she possibly could to get this guy's attention and it just wouldn't work he could not give two shits about her mm. but he was apparently he was a weird he weren't weird he was just a bit odd he'd, he'd like to be by himself all the time and yeah. just read his book but he'd always integrate just that so much so that basically the rest it. of the workplace weren't going what the fuck's wrong with him sort of thing yeah 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 this big um, obsession ended up becoming stalking and she was basically hanging around his house and everything, just walking up and down the street, just trying to cl- catch a glimpse of him. And even found out where his pa- uh, favourite pub was and started going to that on the off chance that he would walk in. She was madly obsessed with this guy. Yeah, that's a bit mad. Usually it's the other way around. Yeah. She stalked him that bad to the point where she found <laughs> out who his favourite authors were. So the next day at work, she puts on... Um, she puts herself like in his line of view where mm-hmm. he's sitting down reading a book and starts reading this book and obviously Brady catches attention to it goes up to her and asks her about the book that then happened a couple more times and they just started conversing more and more and eventually led down the line where um, at their work's Christmas party she asked her for a dance and then they went out for a drink and that's when the relationship uh, relationship started to form. Right. Now, one day they went to watch a heavenly uh, Christian orientated type movie, which Hindley absolutely loved because she was a massive Christian. Oh, really? Major Christian. But ironically, Brady hated it because he was an atheist. So when they went for a drink, Brady was basically dissecting the whole film to Myra. And she saw, almost unintentionally, he was manipulating her. Mm. Because then she started going, yeah, yeah, he's right. Yeah, it's he's got a point. Yeah, yeah sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. And basically he ended up starting to push her towards his views, mm. sort of thing. At this point, they're in a full, full of, blah, 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 blah. they're in a full relationship. And one thing the couple did a lot was go to the Saddleworth Moors in Manchester. Mm. They would take their dogs up there for walks, have a bottle of wine and just talk. And over time, these conversations got darker and darker and darker. So, it basically, it started with religion, <laughs> religion, life, m- uh, marriage, all that, to crime and then death. Mm. And Brady would talk about his love for animals and how much he really badly wanted to hurt people that hurt them. That's fair. Yeah. Brady advent- eventually admitted to Myra that he wanted to c- commit crimes with her. And so she agreed. And they began with, like, petty little things like vandalism and shoplifting, all that sort of thing. But Brady always mentioned that he wanted to commit the perfect crime. And what he meant by that was a crime so perfectly detailed that they would get away with it, that it would be impossible to catch them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so this one day, this perfect crime escalated when Brady gave Myra a book called Compulsion. And this book is basically about two men who abduct them and murder a schoolboy. And again, they plan it out so perfectly that they get away with it. Right. Braden then asks Myra to commit the perfect crime with her, which is to abduct and kill a small child 
Twitch. My rare grace. What? Yeah. <laughs> you got to think, he's slowly been unintentionally manipulating her to this point. And he's hmm. obviously, she's obviously going along with everything. So he's then thinking, mm, I wonder how it. far I can push it. Yeah, exactly. Just say, <laughs> should go and kill a kid. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, right. right <laughs> me and Court, right, we, we, we talk. Yeah. As married couples do. I've never really said to her, like, should we go and kill someone? Would no, well, do, no. Would you, do, would you do that with me? Would you kill someone with me? Try and get away with it. She'd be like, hmm, you're fucking tap. Yeah. I'll, I'll but I think, I think as well, because she is so obsessed with him, she'd do anything this fucking guy asked him to. Yeah, but that's a bit fucking extreme, mm. isn't it? Oh, God, yeah. Because they're just fucking tapped. Right, yeah, so she was a hard nut Christian. Yeah. And he was an animal-obsessed narcissist. Yeah. It's a bit, yeah, it's a bit... Fucking t- talk about a bit of a Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, well, it's, it's more like Auschwitz and Hiroshima. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Fuck's sake. That's fucking mad. <laughs> well, they begin to plan out this perfect crime by driving up to schools and basically scouting out the kids. <laughs> nah, this is fucking weird. Yeah. Like. Well, of course they're weird. Don't you not know what they've done? Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> but still, like, they got... <laughs> it's all right, Wompy, talking about it. Because you... Like, just imagine, like, she's only agreeing to it, like, just to... Keep him sweet, keep sort of thing. sweet. And then all of a sudden, they're in the car outside school. She's probably, in a, in a way, probably thinking, the fuck is the guy? Yeah. <laughs> and he's going, mm, what about that one? <laughs> it's like, wait, what, what do you mean, what about that one? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, oh, all right, yeah. No, fucking hold the bus. What are you going on about? Yeah, fucking hell. And then they would also drive up to the moors to try and find the perfect spot to bring the kid. <laughs> On January, uh, sorry, on July twelfth, nineteen sixty-three, Myra, uh, Myra was driving her van into town, and Brady was following behind on his motorbike. And the reason they did this was because when they pull over to talk to the kid, it look it's a lot easier for a woman to talk to a kid and to entice them yeah. than it would be a man and a woman. Mm. So Myra was driving in a van. Brady was following behind on a motorbike, and when they found a child that they liked. Brady would flash his lights and Myra would pull over and entice the child. Hmm. Well, 16-year-old Pauline Reed was heading to a dance when Brady flashed his lights towards Myra. Hmm. Now, Myra actually knew this girl because she was Myra's uh, sister Maureen's mate. Oh, right. So Myra pulled over and offered Pauline a lift to the dance. And Pauline obviously accepted because she's thinking, she oh, did. that's Maureen's sister. Yeah, so yeah, she's, she knows yeah. So they drove towards the dance hall when Hindley turned the van and said to Pauline that she'd actually lost uh, a glove somewhere up on the moors, uh, moors and that it's really sentimental and she needs to find it. So Pauline's like, yeah, okay, I'll help you. Again, yeah. thinking it's her mate's sister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they drive up to the moors and that's where Myra introduces Pauline to Brady. Just saying, oh, this is my friend. He's come to help find it as well. Now, this is where their turn of events sort of differ slightly. So Myra's turn of events claims that she saw Pauline and Brady walk off and then Myra went back to, and waited in the van for about half an hour and then Brady knocked on the uh, window of the van after he had sexually assaulted and killed her. However, Brady's turned around and said, no, she was there the whole time. She was in on it. She'd done it as well. So whoever's telling the truth or not, I don't know. Mm. In a way, because he, he already owned up to it, you can't believe more Brady. Brady, yeah. Where she's just trying to get away with it. Mm. Mm. 
Well, during this time, Bray, um, obviously, Pauline's family are panicking, thinking she's not turned up to the dance, all this shit. Yeah, she ain't come out. Yeah, so they're obviously getting the police involved, searching it. Whilst this is happening, Brady and Hinley had actually cleaned up their van, burnt the clothes, and discarded the weapon. Now, literally, this is happening at the exact same time, whilst the parents are panicking, thinking, where's my daughter looking for her? These two sick bastards are literally sat by the fire with a bottle of wine speaking about what they had just done. As if they just watched a film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, you they... sick fucking animals. Yeah, that, that is... That is... That's fucking Bra- During this conversation, Brady even claimed that he felt like a god because he'd got away with the perfect crime. Well, yeah, and as well, they, they always say, like, when you kill someone or kill something, they say you're playing god. Yeah, exactly. You're, choosing, you're taking a life, aren't you? Yeah, you're choosing who lives and who yeah. dies, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, during this time, Myra Hinley was actually having an affair with the man that they rented the van off. Wait, I, 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 I got a minute. So this woman mm-hmm. used to be really obsessed with Brady. Yep. Super obsessed with yep. him. Followed him, stalked him, whatever. As soon as they get a relationship, she's like, eh, I've had so Well, apparently, Brady knew about the first time because he said, well, if you sleep with him, you might be able to get the van a bit cheaper. Do you know what I mean? And all oh, that sort right. of shit. So, so that, then it, but so then it just, mate, he's got a bigger cock than it. Yeah, so and then like it's basically just carried. Yeah, she just basically carried on. <laughs> this man actually told Myra that she would be a great addition for the police. Yeah, Hindley told this to Brady, and he loved the idea because he thought, "Fucking hell, An someone, inside. yeah, someone on the inside, yeah, fucking go for it, start training." Which she did. She ended up going on a training course to become a police officer, and uh, they were actually having an affair. Yeah. He went batshit crazy. Mm. He's like, you ain't fucking joining the police force. You can fuck off. You ain't speaking to that man again. And obviously, because she is obsessed with him, she's thinking, yeah, okay, why not? Honestly, these two are tapped. How backwards is that? It's fucking mental. It just shows, as the old song says, these hoes ain't loyal. (laughs) Amen. Fuck's sake. <laughs> As a old man said, bitches be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I know we shouldn't laugh because it is quite a, a deep thing, really. But you got what we, the I know, fuck? We've uh, always said, though, we've got to make light of a situation. Yeah, like, right. I talk about weird shit. I talk about, like, monsters and stuff like that, right? We always have a giggle yeah. over that. But we when it's this, it makes it more real. Well, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Honestly, like, these fuckers are the definition of weird. Yeah. Like, I'd rather believe there's a fucking werewolf out there than fucking people who are actually like it. Yeah, exactly. Do you know what I mean? I that's think that's fucking... what's so baffling and so interesting about these sort of things and why I gravitate to serial killers. Mm. It's because these things happen. Ha- happen they, yeah. Like, these yeah, are genuine, yeah, yeah. actual people that have done this shit. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm the exact same. Well, right? but whether they believe it or whether people... Yeah, whether they believe what they're thinking or not. Yeah. They still did it. What I always... What I'm always really interested in, <coughs> like, serial killers... I think I've mentioned it before in season one. Um, It's the mentality. It's the, psych- yeah. the psychological side. Like, what makes them want to be like that? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Well, normally, yeah. And normally, uh, with serial killers... It normally stems from their backgrounds and that. Yeah. But these two, I know they've had a bit of fucked up things happen in the past. Yeah, yeah. But relatively, a sort of average... A common thing. Yeah. It was a cut... Like, more, like you said, like with... Um, Mara's with the mum and dad beating each other up. Mm. 
with with that like that was a very that was a common thing like like you said like when men come back from the second world war they were completely different, different to the person people. that left yeah exactly war does that to people even nowadays there's yeah. a reason things like ptsd exist exactly so it, back then it weren't really spoke about well they no used to call it like shell shock yeah and stuff like that yeah exactly and as well it's like these two i think the a load of people i can't speak for obviously everyone but i think what a load of people might find these two fascinating is because they haven't just killed out of an animalistic urge it's literally to see if they can pull off the perfect crime yeah that is it that's the only reason they've killed but how, how they've not people, got an agenda how many people did they kill five five right they've not so got an agenda or anything no it's literally just a I don't know, fucking their way of getting off. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Their way pass the time. Yeah, pretty much. It seems like it. It's a fucking hobby of theirs. Yeah. Well, after a few months after this all happened, um, Pauline Reed case went cold because obviously they couldn't find the body in that. Brady felt ecstatic about this and wanted to commit another murder. So let's see how far he could push it. Yeah, pretty like much. the whole thing you said with with Bundy and, um, uh, and the others. Like, it's always that... Wanting to get wanting caught. Wanting to get caught, yeah. He's, He's thinking, that. we've committed the perfect crime how and we've actually we... done it. Yeah, how far can we push yeah, it? Yeah, fuck it, let's do it again, yeah, sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they decided to switch up their approach to make it not look as suspicious because obviously the van pulling up and all that and then if another kid goes missing in a similar area, mm. you start to link it. Yeah. And that's what these two were really clever with. They're changing up their modus operandi to make it look like they ain't linked. The kids have literally just gone missing. They weren't mm. killed, sort of thing. So on this um, on this day, twelve year old John Kilbride was helping out at a local market, and when he was approached by Henley and she offered to take him home, to which he agreed. They then took him to the moors, and once again their stories differ with how it happened. With Myra saying Brady and the kid went off, I went when it little waited in the van, where Brady saying Nah, she was there, sort of thing. Nah, but. Regardless of whoever you believe, the sad reality, this boy was killed in the moors. Yeah, he was murdered. John's family went to the police and a massive investigation took place to find him. When they came to the conclusion that he was probably dead, the police and the public started to question John's father as the killer and basically branded him guilty before he was even charged. Fucking hell. So you've got to think, this poor fucker... His life has just been flipped upside down. His yeah. kid's gone missing, presumably dead, so he's not even really had time to mourn because he don't know for definite. Mm. And now he's being branded for killing him. And he's done fuck all. Yeah, he's just been a father. Yeah. I was like, fucking hell. Well, eight months later, and the next murder took place on June 16th, 1964. And this is the most famous of them all, 12-year-old Keith Bennett, mm. which is a little bit ahead if you don't know. It's the body they never found. Mm. Well, Keith was actually going to have a sleepover at his grandmother's house, to which his mum decided to walk him halfway. Apparently, he was the one of four kids. Mm. The other three kids were already there. Apparently, Keith went home to grab something, and the mum's like, okay, I'll walk you across. And this is so sad, right? So she walks him, basically watches him cross the road. And when he gets to the other side of the road, the poor the lad turns around, waves at his mum, and that's the last time she ever saw him. Oh, it's like, fuck it, imagine that. Picturing that. It's like your little 12-year-old boy's gone, bye, mummy. Yeah. And that's, that's it. it. It's oh, like, and that's the, not only is that the last time she's ever seen him, that's the last time other than Brady and Hindley, anyone's Anyone. ever seen him alive. Mm. 
Do you know what I mean? It's like, what the fuck? No, mm. oh, fucking hell, mate. Well, his grandmother's house is actually only a few streets away. But in that short time, Brady and Henley basically abducted Pounced. him. Yeah. Yeah. Again, Henley found the boy, offered him a lift, took him to the moors, and they killed him. Mm. Now, obviously, with the other two as well, an investigation begins, but to no avail. Mm. And a few months later, Keith uh, Keith Bennett's mum actually made friends with uh, John Kilbride's mum, who yeah. was the second victim, because they knew what each other was going through, because uh, Keith Bennett's dad was also accused of killing Keith. Right, okay. So obviously the two mums have basically got this both identically in common. So they actually ended up becoming really, really good friends through it. Well, six months later, this is a little bit... It will make sense as I go along, but this is a little bit of a just a side story. Yeah. Well, six months later, Brady is introduced to Myra's sister's uh, Maureen's husband, David Smith. What a name. What, David Smith? Yeah, they really thought hard about that. (laughs) (laughs) One of my fucking common names out there, David Smith. Yep. You can tell he used to drive a Volvo. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Fuck's sake. He was a geography teacher, I bet, yeah. (laughs) Well, Brady really took a shine to this bloke and was basically trying to manipulate him into becoming an accomplice. So he did the similar thing with them. Like, it'd be, oh, what crime do you think you can get away with? Have you ever been tempted to do it? And sort of shit like that. Yeah, yeah. Myra hated this because she's thinking, this is our thing, you prick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is generally what she said. She was like, it was our thing. And he's trying to bring this guy into it. She, She was... Basically becoming a jealous little bitch. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's not like you're fucking going to the pub with your boys. Yeah. You're killing people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you mean it's your thing? It's not like you're asking another girl for a threesome. No. You're like, what the fuck? That's fucking ridiculous, man. Well, around this time, Brady and Hindley finally moved in together and became very nice with the neighborhood's uh, children. Oh, yeah. Really friendly with them. Particularly their next door neighbor's little girl, Patty which apparently she used to come around all the time and play with the dog and all that sort of thing. And Myra and Brady would make her dinner and that. Never even thought of harming her. Mm. They were genuinely friendly to him. Right, right. Which is surreal because that girl now, I mean, God knows how old she is now, but must be thinking, fucking hell. Talk about fucking brush with death. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Well, over time, they actually become really friendly with the neighbourhood's kids to the point where they would actually take them on day trips to the Saddleworth Moors. Yeah. And this is where they started all that sick shit with the pictures, Mm. where they had pictures with the dogs and that, and people, anyone just looking at a normal picture would have thought, oh, it's just them at the moors taking a picture. But it was exactly where the people were buried. Oh, really? Yeah. I literally bank on the money. Because obviously they know, the kids don't. The kids are all having fun, laddie da playing, and they're taking pictures, literally standing over someone's burial site. That's disrespectful. It's disgusting. Yeah, it, you know what I mean? Like, oh, that's bad. It's fucking disgusting. Around this time, Maureen gave birth to her child, Angela. Mm. Now, like I said, this is where they started taking pictures with their victims and that, and all this sort of shit. Well, on Boxing Day 1964, they decided to kill again. And they did their week... Oh, a Christmas treat. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> but no, but that's the thing. They were planning it on Christmas Day. Nah, that's okay, yeah. They were literally that? sat there, like how Carved, they do on the fire yeah, with the ca- wine and that. Yeah, carving the fucking turkey. Do you fancy killing tomorrow? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah why not? Go on, then. Do you fancy a walk? Well, 
so what they did was they decided to do their weekly shopping and take it uh, to a fairground, the local fairground in the area. Mm. They dropped it by a little girl called uh, Leslie Ann Downs, I think her name is. Downs? Yeah, Downs, Dowds, something like that. Hang on. Moment, please. Uh, where is it? Where's the fucking name? Oh, Leslie Ann Downey. My bad. Downey. Leslie Ann Downey. Now I've got to find where I was. Oh, that's unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> right, yeah. Are you good? I don't know. I've lost where I am. You didn't have this on your black stuff. <laughs> See, I've changed man there. Yeah, we've we've swapped roles. Yeah, I know. Season one, it was always me like, oh, I've lost it. I'm fucking fine. Now I am prepared. Yeah, here we go. Right. Saying I'm prepared, though, I ain't got a clue what I'm doing next week. <laughs> <laughs> I lost all my notes, didn't I? Oh, fucking hell, yeah. So, yeah. Oh, well, be surprised for you lot. I'll think while we're doing this. Yeah. Well, yeah, as I said, they decided to take the shop into the fairground, drop it by this girl, Lizzie Ann Downey. Yeah. She, being just an innocent little girl, helped them pick it up. And Myra actually went, oh, would you mind if you just help us take it back to the van? Because obviously the black uh, bag split. Yeah, okay, cool. Oh, um, seeing you here, would you mind just coming back with me? Um, helping unload. Helping un- yeah. unload it, and then I'll take it, I'll bring it back here. Yeah, okay. Innocent little kid, not having a clue what's going on. Obviously, we all know what happens. They took her back to theirs and killed her. And this is why they, again, they decided to change it up. When I said they were discussing it on Christmas Day, this was the plan, mm-hmm. was to kill her in their house instead of taking her to the moors. Right. So they actually went to take her body back to the moors after they'd done it. Oh, sorry, a little detail I missed that. They really wanted to change it up this time. So what they did, they got video and audio recorders to film themselves killing her. Jesus Christ. Yeah. That's and sick. at the same time, their grandmother, uh, sorry, uh, Myra's grandmother, was actually living with them. She must have been dead. So she was literally in the house. While this child was being killed. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> They're sickos. But yeah, so they decided to take her body to the moors, but they didn't exactly get very far because the weather conditions were that bad. So they took her body back to the house and just left it upstairs until they could actually deal with her. They literally just left the body upstairs. Like a fucking ornament? Yeah. What? And it was after this killing... Look at this fleshy paperweight. Yeah. What the fuck? And this was obviously the fourth killing, and it was after this one that Brady went, no more. He's like, I've done, I've proven I can get away with it multiple times. I don't need to kill again. And I think they were actually, they weren't going to do it. Yeah. Well, a couple of days later, their next-door neighbour, that little girl, Patty, come round and saw um, Leslie Ann Downey's face uh, picture on the front page of the newspaper. Mm. So, And apparently she turned around and went, oh, that's my friend. Uh. These sick bastards then asked Patty to read the article out in front of them. They played dumb, like, oh, really? What's it say? What, what's happened? And she's reading the article about this missing child to the people that have fucking killed her. Fucking this poor girl must be tormented to fuck now. Yeah, she thinking is. not only have I just escaped death, but I literally read out my friend's 
disappearance to the, to the people that, that fucking killed her. Fucking hell. Fucking hell. You're like, what the fuck? How sick can you get? That is, that's beyond. Yeah. Like, it's sick enough to take a child's life because they haven't even lived a life. No. Life. No, exactly. But to be like that, that is fucking... It's fucking disgusting. That's mad. Well, during this time, as if you remember, I said um, Maureen and David uh, had a little girl, Angela. Yeah. She sadly died at six months old. Right. Well, after the funeral, Brady and Hindley took Maureen and David up to the moors to try and help them clear their heads, sort of thing. Just like, come the body there. Well, no, this is the thing. Brady and David were actually sitting on the exact spot where John Kilbride was buried. David didn't have a fucking clue. So he's literally like, Brady's like putting his arm around him saying, it'll be all right, I'm here, blah, blah, blah. Literally, they're sitting on a child. On a child's body. And he don't have a fucking clue about it. Fucking wrap up. But again, during this time, Brady and Smith started growing really, really close. Yeah. And I think the Myra and Maureen were as well. They got a lot closer as well. Right, but it was yeah, sort yeah. of they, it was never just the four of them. Mm. It was always the two lads and the two girls. Right, yeah, yeah. And again, Brady started the whole, oh, what crime can you get away with? And blah, blah, blah. And it got darker and darker and darker. Mm. Brady then told David Smith that he had actually murdered someone before, but Smith didn't believe him. Right, yeah. This royally pissed Brady off. Because he's thinking, I fucking have. He's like, I've not just killed one prick, I've killed four. Yeah. You're and he's sitting uh, on yeah. one of them. Yeah. Well, he did. He told him. He said, you do realise you sat right where the body was. He's like, yeah, all right, mate. Fucking nice one. Yeah, yeah. Sort yeah. of thing. <laughs> Funny. So this is what caused Brady to kill again, the fifth and final victim. Because it ju- simply just to prove to this David Smith, he can do, he it. Can do it. So on October 6th, 1965, Brady and Henley would commit their final murder. And on this day, Brady went to the local uh, railway station to put something in his locker that he had rented there. Yeah. And this is the locker that actually had all his incriminating evidence in. Because obviously you don't... He's not leaving that in the house just in case he does get questioned or raided or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's not there. And afterwards, he went to go into the shop and this 17-year-old lad called Edward Evans told him it was shut. The pair then started a conversation and Brady invited him back to his house, which Edward Evans agreed. Whether there's a load of talk saying that Edward Evans was apparently gay and he thought Ian Brady was coming on to him or whatever. I don't know whether that's true or not. But as I was walking into the house, Brady actually, uh, sorry, they walked to the car park where Brady, uh, Myra was waiting in the van. And basically uh, Brady turned around and went, oh, this is my sister. So again, maybe this guy's thinking, do you know what I mean? He's gay. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and so we're literally about walking to the house. Brady turned to Henley and said, go get David Smith now. To which she did. She apparently walked over to his house um, and was just like, oh, Ian needs you. Can you come now? Well, no, no, sorry. That's a lie. She went, oh, Ian's at home. Um, would you mind if you walked me back to my house? Just to make sure I'm there. So David Smith did walked. Um, when they got to the house, Myra basically went, "Oh, I've got a bottle of wine in here if you want it, just to say thank you." So mm-hmm. it's like, "Yeah, okay." He walks into the house and he's just basically shouting, swearing, a basic a massive commotion. So he rushes into the back room, thinking Brady's being attacked, and he literally sees Brady standing over Edward Evans, uh, Edward Evans, killing him with an axe. This David Smith obviously shitting himself. 
uh, basically Brady turned around and was like, "Told you I could do it." <laughs> and then Myra, no she, yeah, Myra's like starting to clean up all the blood and that. And this is where David is fucking stupid. But at the same time, he didn't have a clue what to do. No. He actually started helping cleaning up the blood. He didn't touch the body, but but then afterwards, he rushed home and just broke down. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, because you're in shock, aren't you? Yeah, exactly. You're standing there, and with Myra cleaning up, it's like, that's the only logical thing to fucking do. Yeah, exactly. So, I can understand why he does it. Well, um... So, obviously, he's rushed back home to his wife, which is obviously Myra's sister, Mm. and she's going, what's going on, what's going on? He told her everything that he saw. Yeah. And she, at first, was like, nah, not Myra. She, she, She wouldn't do that sort of thing. And then she, she basically saw in his eyes he weren't bullshitting. Mm. He started just throwing up everything, like, do you know what I mean? Like, panicking like fuck. Yeah. So they um was like, well, we need to tell the police. It was like, yeah, but we can't do it yet because they're going to, in case they followed me home just to see what I'm doing or anything. And they didn't have a landline at the time. Now, if you think back to the beginning of this, when I said the two men, are, uh, the two people armed with the screwdriver and the hammer for protection rang the police, it was these two. Oh, really? David Smith and Maureen Hindley. Oh, fuck. They were the two that rang the police, and this is what culminated the whole thing. Mm. So they rang the police and told them, basically, they'd just seen a murder. So the police brought him in, questioned him, and he also said that Brady um, said to him that they had buried bodies in the moors. A load of police were sent um, to Brady's ha- uh, uh, Brady and Hindley's home, and Brady was arrested. And everything of theirs was searched and seized and all that sort of shit. And they found some of the weirdest evidence ever in the house in Mar- and in other places. Like in Myra's car, they found a piece of paper with Brady's handwriting, basically saying, writing down detail after detail, how to get away with murder. Right. In the house, they found a photo album with all the pictures of them over the burial sites at the moors. And they also found a notebook to which Brady had written inside multiple times, John Kilbride, which was the second victim. Mm. David Smith also told the police that Brady had picked up Edward Evans from the railway station, to which obviously the police then started investigating that area, found his locker with all the incriminating evidence inside, including the audio and videotapes of them killing Leslie and Downey. So they got them banged to rights. Yeah. Now, Brady was obviously charged with the murder of Edward Evans and um, Leanne Downey. And at this time, uh, Hinley was actually still free. She was not really on the run. She was just sort of hiding, basically. And she was trying to destroy all the evidence she could get her hands on. The majority of the evidence she destroyed was everything linking to Keith Bennett. Ah, uh, right. That's I... why his body's never been found. Because, obviously, the pictures of the burial site, what they did with him, yeah. how they did it, all gone. Oh. Now, the police started to link all of this together. Yeah. Obviously, well, they, they tried to piece it all together, the link between um, Free and Brady t- towards uh, Edward Evans, uh, Leslie Ann Downey, and John Kilbride, mm. but couldn't link it to Pauline Reed or Keith Bennett. They also brought David Smith back in and asked him about the Moors. Yeah. They also looked at the pictures and realised it was most likely the Moors 
uh, yeah, uh, most likely areas in the moors and decided to, the search began. Around this time, Myra Henley was actually found and arrested. Well, 10 days into the search of the moors, the first body was found and it was 10-year-old Leslie Ann Down. Five days later, the second body of John Kilbride was found. Now, during this time, the trail for the pair, the trial, sorry, began to the pair to which thousands of people were waiting outside the courthouses just trying to get their fucking hands on these cunts. Yeah, yeah. Like, trying to smash the van up and that. Got so bad, the point they actually had to send a decoy van round so that the public would be going after them and then they could slip the actual two in the back way. I think I saw something about that. Now, Brady was, like I said, pretty much banged to rights with all the evidence, but they needed to find some more on Myra. Otherwise, she would most likely get away with it. Yeah, walk through. So what they did, they went back to the photos from the moors, and they noticed that Hindley was holding a puppy next to one of the burial sites. So they're thinking, well, if this is the same... So they're thinking, Cam, is this the same dog that when they started killing? Mm. So then they'd know the sort of time area, what they're dealing with. Right. So the police figured... Uh, to figure out how old the dog was, they... um took the dog, put it to sleep under anaesthetic, and they, uh, was going to x-ray his teeth so they could find out how old the dog was and then they could link it. Sadly, the dog died during this due to heart problems because uh, of the anaesthetic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now you can't use that evidence. It's gone, basically. But why is that? Because you can still get the age. You can get the age thing, but because the dog's dead, it's now damning evidence. It's almost like, yeah, damaging evidence. Right, sort okay. of thing. Now, the trial concluded after two hours where you think normally jury like um whatever take weeks, yeah weeks, take so. weeks days months whatever this took two hours mm. and they were both guilty of triple murders and both sentenced to life in prison the day they were sentenced was literally months before if they was sentenced just a couple months beforehand they would have been given the death penalty it was literally abolished just a couple of months oh, before joke. they were caught oh, so it's like you fucking assholes. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You'd have thought something like that. They'd be like, ah, we'll still use it. Fuck it. Do yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, during their prison sentences, this is where it flipped their lives. Because Brady tried everything to try and see Myra again. He went on hunger strike. He made himself ill. Basically finding any way he can to try and see her. Which I remember seeing a lot about. Mm. That he, you know, was just a nightmare to deal with in prison. As well as this, Hindley actually attempted to escape prison a few times. And because of this, obviously, it extended her sentence even longer. Yeah. So at this point, she's gone, well, I'm not getting that. Mm. Yeah, I did kill Keith Bennett and I did kill Pauline Reed. And she was the one that actually helped the police find the body of Pauline Reed. Right, but why not Bennett? She couldn't, no matter what, <coughs> neither of them just gave it up. Neither of them gave it up. No. No. I think whether it was a case of they just tried to have a hold on them or something, I don't know. Yeah. But, yeah, they helped. she helped. Literally went to the moors with the police and was like, it's somewhere around here. And they found Pauline Ree's body and they was like, right, what about the other lady, Keith Bennett? Didn't say a word. Neither of the cunts. And what was, what was on about with it flipping is because Brady was trying everything to see Myra again. She ended up marrying one of the fucking prison guards. The she guards. can give, yeah. She can give two shits about um, Brady. Mm. So she was just tapped. Yeah. 
But no, um, like I said, obviously they never found Keith Bennett's body. Mm. And sadly, his mum died in 2012, not knowing where her son is buried. That's a shame, right? Now, obviously, the only... The only well, it's, not even, it's not a good thing, but the only warming thing is she know she knows she's died. Yeah. Which it sounds like it sounds a bit rough, but she's got that closure that she knows He's not he, still out there, yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, that he has passed. But obviously in the news recently Yeah. What a lot of people might not have known is that there's there was this one bloke, I can't think what his name was, who was basically the only person still searching these moors. And he started back in twenty thirteen, I think he said. Mm. Well, recently, he found a piece of a jaw and some fragments of a skull. Mm. That was examined thoroughly by basically every investigation sort of expert you can think of. Yeah. It's not Keith Bennett. No. No. They don't even know if it's human yet. Right. Oh, okay. But they've come out and said, no, the chances are of them finding Keith Bennett's body now is very, very slim because of the way the moors has grown and that, like the vegetation yeah. and everything's just changed completely. Yeah. And like we said in the last bit of last episode, the moors is fucking huge. Like yeah. if for those like not living in the UK or whatever, literally just Google Saddleworth moors and you'll see the sheer size of it. It's like, it's impossible to dig that entire place up to find a body. It is near on impossible. Gives a couple of days of with a digger <laughs> through that bastard <laughs> nah nah jokes aside nah that is that is horrific yeah but the fact as well that she like they were both charged with three murders mm. so they didn't have a clue well they tried to link it I suppose with Keith Bennett and uh, Pauline Reed, but they weren't able to so they were basically they're uh, uh bodies were like basically going unanswered sort of thing yeah, if you know yeah, what i mean yeah. the fact that were justified yeah they were, yeah and the fact that she's turned around and was like yeah okay i killed him well we killed him mm. sort of thing no nah, but could do isn't there been theories in that like saying that they could have killed more yeah there are i know there was um quite a few cases i think three or four cases of Link- people that survived them oh really yeah that they attempted to whether I think some were the case of they just managed to escape when they got to the moors. Some were they asked them to get in the van and they were just like, nah. Yeah, because they can't obviously just get out and fucking drag them into the van. This is public. Whereas if you're offering them to get in the van and they've just probably walked in, no one's going to really bat an eyelid, are they? No, no. Even nowadays, you say, oh, they know them. Mm. That's the reality of it is. You'd like to think, like, oh, you can tell who's dodgy and who's Yeah. Let's be honest, we don't. Well, no, but you know, I know <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, you say you, you, you always, it's that ignorance. Yeah. Thing like you always say, oh, they know. Mm. Like, you know you. But there's one person I feel sorry for in this whole situation more well not more than anyone is Maureen Hindley. Yeah. Yeah. She's grown up in an abusive relationship. Well, abuse, uh, abusive parents. Yeah. She's then find out that her sister is one of the most notorious killers on the country mm. that's killed her friend yeah and just after their little girl has died has took them to some of the sites where they're fucking buried their victims yeah i know and yeah cause that is a mind fuck and a half yeah and she had to go through her whole life probably getting spat at 
swore out. Simply just for being related. Yeah, yeah. She didn't have anything to fucking do with it. I know with David Smith, they tried to get him sentenced because they said he's... There's more on him because... um, They tried to charge... Or the public tried to get him to be charged with um, complicity to murder. Right. Because obviously he did help clean up the blood and that. Yeah. So, and apparently a few people are saying, nah, he knew more on it and all that sort of shit. Right. Um... I think that I know his life was completely thrown upside down. Again, yeah. he was like spat at and just held abuse out because of his link with them. Yeah. Um, he was sacked from his job, couldn't get another job anywhere else. No. And I think he not long after that went to prison for oh, I can't think what he went to prison for. Something not majorly bad. It I think it was something along the lines of like GB, GBH or something right, like that. Right, right, but. Right. So that obviously threw his life into shit. Yeah. It just goes to show, like... Just to be proved, just to have... And um, theoretically, if he wasn't... I know he got all the abuse and you can say, yeah, okay, he was a co- uh, complicity to murder because he did help clean up the bo- uh, blood and all that. But if he never went to the police, they literally would have gotten away with this. Yeah, they could have done more. They were the only way that they like, were found out it was them. Yeah. Do you think as well it could have been Brady say, like starting off saying he knew more than that just because he ratted him out? Maybe. Very well, maybe, yeah. Do you, th- you know what I mean? Yeah, like, could have been. Because at the time he's fucking all big-headed and that, mm. thinking I've got away with this. I could c- commit the perfect crime. Yeah. And then David Smith, the geography teacher, has <laughs> thrown the police and like fucked him yeah basically and he's like what the fuck i've got away with this it weren't for you you prick if yeah I'm, if i'm going down you're coming down especially as well if he was trying to rope him into it yeah and he literally just killed that edward evans just to prove he can just to prove a point and then he's turned around and dobbed on him yeah pretty much that's what if i you're mean Myra Hilly, you must be looking at brady going you fucking idiot yeah yeah she's probably uh... she hated it yeah she hated him from the get-go yeah and, then, and he's like, nah, nah, he's sweet, See? he's sweet, he's sweet. It's like, See? fucking told you. <laughs> yeah. Don't wonder she didn't want nothing to do with him when they got in the prison. Yeah. It's like, nah, fuck him, yeah. stupid cunt. Yeah. Oh, I could commit the perfect crime. I'm going to go fucking tell my brother-in-law. Yeah, you yeah, fucking yeah. dumbass. Look what happened there, you silly cunt. <laughs> yeah, fucking prick. I'd be the same. I'd hold right fucking grudge. Uh, yeah, you would. Fuck this yeah. guy. That's what I mean. That's why I think Brady might have... Tr- or- even Henley tried to get, tried to stitch him up. Yeah. And it's like Charlie's whispers, and then it just escalated from there. Yeah. But so we don't know. He might, uh, he might know more than what. Yeah, well, yeah. You, let's uh, yeah, we weren't there. But what you've told me, I think he had fucking shock. He was in deep shock, and that was the only thing, like, to. You know, when you are in deep shock, and someone says, like, I'll come sit down and have a glass of water. Yeah. You do exactly what they say. Yeah. You know exactly. what I mean? Because you, you just don't... You fucked, didn't yeah. you? You're in, you? Your head's gone 19 to the dozen. Yeah. So and that's why I think, like, that's why he did do it. Because they're probably like, oh, Gizak. Yeah, yeah. You better help clean this up. And he's like, yeah, 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 all right, all right, yeah. And start doing it. Yeah. And then after, like, leaving, he's thinking, what the fuck have I done? Yeah, exactly. And the thing is as well, even deeper than that, you're then going to go home... Your wife seeing what the fuck's going on with you, and you've basically just got to tell her your sister and her, her fella have just killed someone yeah, in yeah, front yeah. of me. Just like, what the fuck must go through your head? 
what the actual fuck? They're, like, these two are just two of the sickest bastards. Well, there's a reason they're the most notorious. Yeah. But it's the fact that them. when you think, like I said earlier, with the bigger picture, they were so close to getting away with it. They theoretically did. Yeah. Unless David Smith... Literally, that one mistake yeah. is the only reason they got caught. Mm. They say it could have just stopped by then and we would have never known what happened no. to these, these children. No. Or... It, they'd have killed more and they'd have made a mistake later on. Yeah. Which then would have caused more deaths. But you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And I mean, obviously, because for those that don't know, obviously, I'm not too sure about Myra Henley, but Ian Brady's dead yeah. now. He literally would have died, gotten away with it. Yeah. It, and it, nobody, no one would have known. It it's not like Jimmy Savile, where after he died, all the cases started coming forward about him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one's going to come forward about this no, because no, no one's one known. Yeah, exactly. Let me just check. I'll just check my Henley. But I remember seeing loads of ah, video. She did. She died fifteenth of November two thousand and two. Oh fucking hell! She died way before Brady then. Yes, in West Suffolk NHS Foundation Trust. Jesus, she died fucking ages ago. Mm. No, yeah, she's a rum looking fucking. Oh yeah, that's fucking hag. Yeah, she's a rum looking thing. Very witch like. Yeah. Very witch like, but um, I remember seeing like videos and interviews on that of her, and she is just literally talking about this sort of shit like anyone would talk about the Sunday dinner. Really? Yeah. Well, like I said, she's the one that admitted to Keith Bennett and Pauline Reed. Yeah. So they asked us like other more bodies, and she's basically like, "Yeah, it's like there's two. It's like Keith Bennett and Pauline Reed, and she, and then she's has the audacity. People might look at it and thinking, "Oh, at least she helped." No. The audacity that she's gone back there, yeah, knowing where these people are buried, and gone, dig there. <laughs> Do you know uh, what I mean? Yeah, I you know. think you fucking evil cunt. No wonder she was tarnished the most hateful woman in Britain. Yeah, most evil. Yeah, you're like, what the fuck? Yeah, no. Nah. But I think that just the whole sadness of this story, the fact that that poor little boy will never be found. Will never be found. Well. Uh, it's not a, it's not impossible, but it's very unlikely. Very, very unlikely, yeah. Yeah. But it's just like, Jesus Christ. No, that is, that is shocking. Absolutely shocking. Now, if um, what we spoke about on this episode, um, we we always say, but we don't we don't try to be disrespectful. No, to, of course to, not. To the children who have passed. It's just, it's the way we are. We, yeah. We, we try and make light of things. It's our way of not dealing with things because yeah. it's not affected us personally. But yeah. our way, a, a sort of coping mechanism yeah, kind yeah, of yeah, thing yeah. where it's like, we do try and make lighthearted of any situation, oh, not fuck, just no. victims of things. No. Literally anything about our lives. Yeah. It's, oh, yeah. It's yeah, just, yeah. that's just us. Yeah, that is right. And like, but no, if um, this is, affected you we 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 send our deepest apologies yeah our deepest sympathies yeah exactly but it just shows you can't trust no cunt no you really can't trust anyone nowadays well like i said that's back then yeah well the thing is well back then it was common for your kids to go wandering of course it was and all that sort of shit when we were kids yeah and it's like you got home when the lights come on yeah exactly and they just caught them so easy and these innocent kids that are just thinking they're helping every yeah. time they think they're helping them 
Yeah. Like with um, Pauline Reed, she thinks she's helping find her glove. John Kilbride is um, what was it? What, what, what did they say? John Kilbride. When he just walked, uh, walking. Yeah, I think so. Something like that. Yeah. But then with um, Keith but, Bennett. Yeah. Helping with the shopping. No, that. Oh, uh, Leslie and Downey helping with yeah. the shopping. Yeah, Bennett was going to see his, his, his uh, nan. His nan, yeah. And they just. That's the one, I know I keep mentioning, but that's the one that fucking, I think, hits deepest the most. Not only because he's not been found, the fact that he turned around, waved to his mum, was literally down the road from his nans, and they got him that quick. Yeah. They must have been following. Oh, yeah. For ages. Like, as soon as she turned her back. Yeah, it's like, right, get her. It's like, what the actual fuck, you sick cunts? Yeah. Rot in hell. Fucking rot in hell. Fucking rot in hell, mate. Because we we never condone murder, but there's sometimes when you see people and they like they kill someone, they've got a fucking reason. Yeah, these haven't. No, they have not got no. a genuine reason. No, their whole thing is to commit the perfect crime. Yeah, that's disgusting. And basically, the perfect crime isn't even just murder; it's just something so perfectly planned that they get away with it. Yeah, couldn't they've done a heist? In it, literally anything. Couldn't they've just done a heist or something no, like that? Fucking no, fucking kill a child. Yeah. How can you even gloat about that? I know. A child. If it was like a big, burly, meathead gym freak, you like, yeah, we was able to kill someone yeah. like that. Fair. Not, not fair enough, in, but you know what yeah, mean? I like, mean? It's like, oh, fair game. These are children. Innocent it's like, little children. Yeah. They, they ain't going to put up a fight, really, well, are no, they? No, of course they're not. They thought they were helping. Exactly. You're so, like, yeah, nah, fuck Fuck you, man. Fuck you. Rot in hell the fucking pair of them. Too right. Too right. But again, going with like what you were just saying, where sometimes they have a reason. Sometimes they can't help it. Yeah. Like the likes of, I know we've mentioned it before, the former footballer, Angel Hernandez, the former wrestler, Chris 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 Benoit. They both had head injuries that caused them to flip. And they they seem to think that could have been something to do with Dharma. Did they? Yeah, because he had an operation when he was a kid. Right. And apparently he switched out of this operation. There you go. And they think it could have yeah, switch something in his head. Yeah, what made him want? Well, make him turn out that mm. way. And but some people, and some people with like Bundy, mm. they're born not born into it, but like a fucked up circumstance. Yeah, like with the whole thing about him, just basically women just fucking him, him off, basically yeah. that he's thinking I'm gonna fucking use you. Yeah, these two have literally just gone. Yeah, just do it. Fuck it. Even with other serial killers that I'll cover this year. With um, the likes of Ian Huntley. Mm. I know... Uh, what I'm saying with all these, I'm not justifying them in the slightest. No. But with the likes of Ian Huntley, his was out of rage because he had an argument with his girlfriend. That's oh, when he killed those two... Yeah, that's when he killed those two little girls. Fred and Rose West. Yeah. They... um, Well, he was just a simp. He yeah. was just a dunce, basically. Yeah. Fucking Dinlo. She was the mastermind behind the yeah, whole thing. Yeah, she was, yeah. She was a whole prostitute. Though, yeah. She? But um, yeah, it's usually always not an excuse, but a reason. A reason. These two have not these, had a reason. a reason. You cannot say committing a perfect crime is a reason because there's so many other crimes you can commit. Yeah, like I said, do a heist. Yeah, try and get some money. Fair enough. That's fair game. Yeah, not you know fucking... you're not actually hurting anyone. No, you're just hurting the government, which no one at this moment in time no one gives a fuck. Fucking at this day, and they found out that they done that, did they get praised? Yeah. <laughs> Like Robin Hood. Yeah, <laughs> they really would be like, big up Brady and Henley. Yeah. Wow. 
<laughs> well, no, what I'm saying is if they did that. Do not sound clip that. No. <laughs> but what I'm saying is if they did that, yeah, yeah, then yeah, yeah. it'd be a case of fair play. Yeah, yeah. Like the great, the great train robbers sort yeah. of thing. Yeah, the, uh, it's the, the Chelsea Garden. Yeah. The, yeah, the old Them, them sort that. of ones. You're like, fucking like, go on. Yeah, nah. No, nah, these cunts, you're just like, you fucking diabolical scumbags. Yeah. That is, yeah, that is Fucking it. rot in hell, you pair of cretins. Uh, amen. Mm-hmm. But if you are listening or watching, hopefully, let us know. Oh, I'd say let us know your thoughts, but... let Yeah, actually, let us know your thoughts. Do you believe there was a deeper reason that they did this? Do mm. you believe... Do you think Dave Smith was yeah, more do you involved? Think, yeah. Do you think there are more victims out there? Yeah. That's the thing, because... It just don't, something don't sit right with me. They're just doing it to do the perfect crime. Yeah, because you'd have thought they'd have done it once, maybe twice. Well, yeah, that's and how it was looking like it was coming. Once yeah. to see if they can do it. Two it to seemed... just be like, see if it weren't a bluff. Yeah, like yeah. And oh, then, that it seems like mm, they're actually yeah. enjoying it. And uh, the fact that he said, "I'm going to stop after four, but then he killed again, to just prove. to prove a point. It seems so easy. For yeah, him. but as yeah, and as well going along that, it's like. If you did this one just to prove a point, how many other points were you going to attempt to make? Yeah, exactly. Do you know what I mean? What other situations were going to occur where, I don't know, you could be pissed off or something? Yeah. And you're so, oh, I've just lost my job, let's kill a kid. Yeah. Or let's, do you know what I mean? Or I've uh, stubbed the tongue. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Literally fucking anything. Yeah. No, that, it, it's all of it fucked. All of it fucked. And it... Yeah, so let us know what you think. Yeah. Of this horrible, horrible, horrible fucking case. Mm-hmm. Of, like you say, two of the most notorious serial killers in, in the UK, in yeah. UK history. Uh, but no, I think I'm done talking about them. Yeah. The yeah. <laughs> no, fair play, mate. But like, like Ed said, well, don't mean to upset or offend anyone. Nah. It's literally, I mean, we're just saying our points. I know we said this year, well, uh, this season, sorry that I will be covering a lot more serial killers, but that is because I have got an interest in them. Yeah. But I don't mean the interest of literally, how'd they do it? Yeah. I mean the interest of, what was their upbringing? What caused them to do it? Yeah. How did they get away with it for so long? How were they caught? Mm. What was the trials like? Do yeah. you know what I mean? What, All that just, sort of... what justice did they Yeah, basically. Them? Yeah. No, but I just think, that especially in this day and age, everyone is so interested in serial killers. Mm. You know what I mean? And pop culture has a major effect on that. The likes of, of Netflix and Amazon Prime. Yeah, Because there are so fucking many. Yeah. Let's say, like, I've said it, like, and I've mentioned it before, like, we, me and Courtney watched Dharma. Yeah. And there was a fuck thing on that as well. Like, when uh, Dharma went to prison, people were sending him letters. They were fan mail. Literal fan mail. Uh, Some a, people a, a are just not right but in their head. But so like with Ted Bundy, like the girls and I know you know like, what the fuck are you actually? It's almost like they've had the wall pulled over their eyes, and you just want to like reveal that, like you know, with Scooby Doo where they pull the mask off to yeah, reveal yeah. who it is. You yeah. almost want to do that. It's like, see, this is the real them. Yeah, and you still fucking like them. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. They like pop culture and um, media glorify them. Yeah. And it's say like, uh, another British uh, prisoner, like Charles Bronson. He wanted yeah. to be famous so bad that he became the mo- like Britain's most famous prisoner. Yeah. I've never known a guy that's not done anything that bad that has been in prison so much. He's done an armed robbery 
and he got away with seven pounds. Mm. Like, so fucking ridiculously tight. I mean, yeah, okay, that'd be worth more nowadays, but not a lot. No, not it, substantial it'd, it'd amount. Like, say fifty quid. Yeah, at most. Yeah, you know what I mean. Not even, not even that. It's it's not going to be a substantial like life changing. No, no, it get you. You might have a good weekend out of it, but that'd be about <laughs> well, it. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, and he's not really come out since nah he had a little i know spin. there's a load of talk of him potentially coming out yeah and that's all that, true but and he got a different name now yeah i think so yeah but because well, charles bronson's not his actual name is no, it? no no because that was he got that from an actor didn't he mm. well oh i'm trying to think i'm trying to think from the film bronson because that's a fucking good film tom hardy one yeah yeah, yeah. oh what was his name it was so like not boring but it's very oh fair enough you what his real name yeah charles uh something el salvador wasn't it Real? Yeah. No, nah, ain't his real name. I'm an investigator. Nah. I'm sure it's like El Salvador. You sure that's like not that. what he's changed it to now? No, nah, I might have done. Charles. <laughs> so it turns out it's David Smith. Yeah. Charles Bronson. Oh no. I'm... Yeah, Charles Alpha Salvador. Nah. It... Michael Peterson, wasn't it? That was his real name. Michael Gordon Peterson. That was his real name. On mine, it says Michael Jonathan Peterson. It's his child. Oh, yeah. yeah. Full name, Michael Gordon Peterson. Yeah. So, yeah, he's changed Charlie, it to Charles. Charles Bronson. Uh, so, it was Charles Ali, Bronson. Ahmed, Mickey. And then, 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 then he's obviously changed it to Charles Salvador. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, to be fair, when you look at him, especially with the big beard, he looks like a Charles Salvador. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's fair. Like, it's convictions. Armed robbery, wounding twice, wounding with intent. Criminal damage, grievously bodily harm, false imprisonment, blackmail, threatening to kill. Well, I mean, he did basically go to every prison in the UK and turned up the gaff. Yeah. Of course, the riot in pretty much every single fucking one. Which one was it when we went on the roof? Wasn't that Broadmoor? Yeah. Yeah, he, he yeah. took the roof, didn't yeah. he? What a boy. I've never known <laughs> something. We're Broadmoor, which is one of the top, like the second top prison. Well, because Broadmoor's a psychiatric prison. Yeah. But to have so many fucking things happen. Oh, no. You'd think that'd be the most secure out of the lot. Well, no, Broadmoor is... When you think about Broadmoor, is our own Arkham Asylum. Yeah. Every cunt breaks out of there. Yeah. Because obviously (laughs) Parkhurst is the top one, isn't it? That's what... Well, it ain't a psychiatric. That's just a prison. No, but they called that Britain's Alcatraz, didn't they? Because it was on an Isle of Wight. Yeah, yeah. But no, like, say, one of the most locked up prisons. It's literally just down the road road from us in... Yeah, Whitemore. Whitemore. Which I, th- I'm not too sure whether Brady was there at one point. I'm not sure to be. Honest. I know Dennis Nielsen. I know was. Dennis Nielsen and Ian Huntley were. Yeah, and uh, them who killed Lee Rigby. Yeah. Hmm. Is one that the prison they got mashed up in? Probably. But no, there is some. Because it's, it's majority a terrorist prison now, isn't it? Terrorist and murder. murders. Yeah. Yeah, it's a category A, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's got. Some Which madly. Our friend's working at. Oh, yeah, Liam. Uh, where's that? Liam Wallace. It's literally... Who I think might be on one of our episodes. Well, yeah, they it? said that him and his girlfriend Molly said they wanted to come yeah, on the, it. Yeah, the plus one Molly. Yeah, plus one. <laughs> <laughs> That's inside joke. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Had to be there, had to be there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, no, basically, when it was my wedding and Lewis's wedding, we invited Liam because he's like a mate of ours now and Molly was the plus one. And she's like, she's known us actually longer yeah. than what Liam has. But yeah, so yeah, she took a bit of a, took a hump to it. But. Yeah. Yeah, because um, I think, because uh, one of the episodes I'm doing, <laughs> I'm so buzzed I got it. Jack the Ripper. 
Fucking have it. Biggest mystery going, and you claim it, you little myth, bastard. Myth as well, mate. Yeah. Well, I didn't claim it. We played for it. I know, I know. And I won. You bastard. I'm good at these games. You fucking bastard. Well, you know. So, but yes, yeah, so I think they're going to be on there. So, I'd be quite interested to see like what he's actually been up to. Yeah. In, in, in white more and that. Obviously, I think there'll be there's so much you can't talk about yeah 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 yeah. but just to get an awe of being in a catty prison with some of the most dangerous people this country's ever seen yeah but Lewis has been in it when it's in a lockdown oh right this will be just like an average prison sort of thing for for him yeah yeah fair enough so I remember asking Lewis about it he said they I can't remember what was wrong with the Donny something bad obviously because an ambulance called him yeah something like that and um apparently they just put the prison on automatic lockdown and just shut them all in the cells and that so basically Lewis had a straight run through oh, right. so he didn't Fair really enough. see what it's actually like uh, whereas Liam will yeah, Liam will true. literally be dealing with some of the most dangerous fuckers in the country and you wouldn't think it looked like no that. you really wouldn't I was about to say the same thing he's one of the most lovable lads going one of the most genuine nicest lads <laughs> and he's working in a cat hey? yeah I know like, what do you mean but we've said before I I'm under the impression that I think a cat A is going to be a would be a hell of a lot easier to work in than a cat C. Yeah, because like you say with cat A's, that they know they're not. No, they're getting that. So what's the point of acting like a prick? Yeah, because it's not going to get them anything. That is their life. Yeah, exactly. Where cat C's, that's where all you want to be fucking roadman gangsters. Mm. Oh, I don't like what I got for fucking food this day. I'm going to take a bucket of shit and throw it over one of the prison guts, right? Because that's going to fucking help, isn't it, you divvy cunt? Shiv up someone. It's like, here's an oh, idea. Oh. Don't jack a car. You wouldn't been in there in the first place, <laughs> would you, you fucking Stormzy wannabe? <laughs> well, they are, though, isn't they? Oh, you see, blood. Fuck you, shut your mouth. Oh, yeah, nah. Not my kind of talking. Nope. Which is ironic because I'm black. Yeah, I know. And I yeah. fucking hate it. Mate, you listen to Keen. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> fuck off. I like one song. One <laughs> fucking song! <laughs> Jesus Christ! I'd do that for Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> Bella, that's the only thing he's got on me yeah, that gets me yeah. to bite. I can get that fucking a bite like a fish. Oh, he's too easy. To yeah, bite. but him, oh. that's the only thing he's got on me. I'm like, yeah. you fucking rats. <laughs> but that's it, Connor. Connor's one of the only people who can... No, Jess is the only, one of the only people who can make me bite. Or, yeah. No, no. Oh, I'm fucking it up now. Jess is the only one people who can actually put me in my place. Oh, yeah. Like, shocking. I mean, Jess can put any cunt in their place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I can make Connor bite. Yeah, and he can make you bite. He can make me bite. So, yeah, that's why me and him are a good pair like that. Yeah. (laughs) Lewis, literally anyone can make bite. A newborn can make Lewis bite. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, baby starts crying. Why? Nah, are you done, John? Yeah, I think I'm about Romeo done. Yeah. Oh, what are we gonna do next week? Oh. You got any suggestions for me? Oh, don't look at me. Half of them ain't heard of. Well, no. The thing what keeps popping up in my head, but I don't. Oh, is it too early on? Nah, fuck it. Uh, I'm gonna do. One of our only investigations. Oh? I'm going to do the Alien Big Cat. Hey! Big up! So that'll be a very, very good episode. Because that is something what... Because I've had to do to a group on Facebook about Big Cats. Yeah. And everything. And it... That's just popping off all the time. All the time. Like, it's mad. Like, how has this not been proven? I know! How's not one been caught? Seriously. 
because we ain't start hunting. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest, mate. Once I get a trap made up or like thought of, I'm catching one. It's, <laughs> it's, it is what's going to happen. <laughs> if it does, I'll take my hat off to you. Well, I'll, I'll be there. But yeah, well, yeah, exactly. You will be taking your hat off because it's going to happen, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to catch a panther. <laughs> Big up the panther. Wakanda forever. <laughs> That's coming out soon, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know how they're going to do it because it's... Well, I've seen so many links that apparently Mbaku is going to take it. And then I've seen ones that the sister's going to take it. I've seen a lot more about the sister yeah. taking it. Whether, and then I saw one that apparently they're somehow going to bring Killmonger back. And he's going to take it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, unless they just all sort of sort of do it in his memory sort of thing and they don't yeah, actually yeah. have a Black so Panther. Are they actually, so, they're going to kill him off? Well, I don't know if they're going to kill him off. But, obviously, <laughs> I think they'll acknowledge whether he's a just died in his peace or just gone off into the sunset sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know how they'll do it. No, that'll be the thing. Because that was fu- honestly, I I can remember seeing that. Yeah, like about Chadwick, Chadwick Boseman dying, and I was I was numb. Yeah, you're like, what the fuck? I just weren't expecting. And it. the fact that when he was filming Infinity War and Endgame, he was he was seriously ill. But yeah, he just wouldn't think. And uh, but none of the crew or no. the car, no one had a clue. Uh-huh. He literally kept it to himself. Yeah. And it's only when you actually look back at certain pictures where he, he does look ill. Ill, yeah. But you wouldn't just think that naturally looking at him. You just think, much for the role or whatever. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, you wouldn't yeah, think yeah. he's actually basically dying. dying. No, that was such a tragic loss. Because mm. he really, really stepped up for Marvel. Yeah, 100%. That's one of the best Marvel films I've ever seen. Yeah, I agree. Totally. Only thing I did not like about it is they killed thingy off too quick. Claw. Claw. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but, but at the same time, I see why they did it. But apparently, he might not be dead. All right. I've heard things as well that he might not actually be dead. Because I hope so. Because he was so. He good. was fucking brilliant. Andy Circus, man. Yeah. What? What? A, what, what, what an actor. actor. What an actor. He's <laughs> the thing. The, the thing is, though, like that's one of the only films where he's him. Well, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because when you see, like, he was King Kong, Caesar, Spiegel. Yeah. Stuff like that. He was more of a, what you call it, actor. Not a voice, but like a... Yeah. Because they obviously use his body in it. Yeah, motion actor. Motion actor. But, yeah, for him to actually act like a person. Yeah. Well, even then, he had a robotic arm. And a South African accent. Yeah, which I hate. (laughs) I could see you. Cuttlefish. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 bigger bandy circus. Yeah, no, it's sick. Really, really sick. <laughs> but yeah, no. Don't know how we got onto that. No. Yeah. Yeah, no, next week I'll be talking about the ABCs. Yeah, boy. Easiest one, two, threes. Exactly. And when. Right. I'll, I might as well say it now because that's how I did study like alien big cats. No, I don't mean. Martian cats from outer space. Yeah, no, I do not mean that. <laughs> they get the name alien big cats is because they're they're alien to this country. Yeah, they're not from there. And they're not from the UK. That's why they mean by alien. It's like years and years ago, an immigrant would be called an, an alien. alien. Yeah, alien was foreign before foreign was. Yeah, pretty much. So no, even nowadays it's still. I know, like with alien big cats, mm. but even nowadays in certain things it's still used. Where something's just not meant to be there, it's a bit alien, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, they don't actually mean blah, 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 fucking yeah. blah, blah, blah. 
What? <laughs> what? We need to find the little girl. <laughs> Wait, what? Scary movie <laughs> reference. Yeah. <laughs> you should see how we pee. <laughs> <laughs> what a film. Oh, that's so good. That's so shit, but so good. I know, that's what made them... Did you see the fucking thing I tagged you in on the chat the other day about them? You know, in the fourth one, yeah. where she's talking to the little Asian boy where it's meant to be taking the piss out of the ring. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they're not even talking Japanese. They're literally yeah. just saying random Japanese phrases. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Karate, yeah. judo, sumo, samurai. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, how have you no one ever clicked on no, that? No, no, it's no, like, no. wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, Toyota, Mashabishi, Sashimi. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, yeah. how's no one clicked on that they're not? I think because so many people are reading the subtitles, yeah. but not actually clicking on that they're not saying anything in Japanese. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> How did they get away with that? That's what I mean. That's how most things are, it? It's like, yeah, I can speak Japanese. Karate, judo, sumo, samurai. <laughs> like, eh? <laughs> Fuck's sake. The only thing I know to say Japanese is that fucking look from TikTok. Just, Nyoni. Yeah. That is it. Yeah. Nyoni. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only thing I know. Look. Jesus Christ. That is only from TikTok. Yeah. Uh, fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've enjoyed this, Josh. Oh, shit. What? So have I, actually. Yeah. Well, I hope everyone's enjoyed this episode. It is, it is dark, but fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> um, There's a new saying. It is dark, but so am I. <laughs> yeah, only... Only <laughs> <laughs> uh, he could say that. <laughs> I'm getting that on a t-shirt. What, what can I say? I'm here to break it up. I don't know. Hey, that's actually pretty sick. That's actually pretty sick. There you go. New t-shirts. Oh, shit. Can we get away with it? I don't know. It is dark, but so am I. I'm just here to break it up. I mean, you can get a definitely away with that one. Yeah, you could wear it, but I couldn't. Well, no. I, yeah, because dark is in... Because people might think, oh, he's a mucky bugger. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's like, oh, fucking, what thoughts does he have? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, if I'm wearing it, it's blatantly obvious what I'm fucking on about. But oh, I don't know, mate. Nah, I don't see race. Nah, especially Formula One. <laughs> but um, fair play, Max Verstappen. <laughs> fuck you. I don't know who that is. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you enjoyed this, you can follow us on Facebook, which is Mister Mysteries in Black and White. You can follow us on Instagram, which is Mister Mysteries underscore. You can fi- like, subscribe to us hey! on, on YouTube. So hopefully you're actually seeing this, which yep. is just myths and mysteries. Uh, you can email us at myths and mysteries at outlook.com. Boom. Did I get it right? Yep. Smashed it. Yeah, boy. And you can listen to us, uh, Josh. Podbean, Spotify, Amazon, Samsung, Podchaser, Player FM, and iHeartRadio. And you can listen to us and watch us on our YouTube. On Tubi Ubi. <laughs> I'm hanging around Lewis too much. Yeah, I did. Fucking mad scientist. But no, thank you very much for listening, and see you on the next one. Bye! See ya!